Cinematic Universe, Marvel's Age of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Marvel's Netflix shows. I'm Nikki Amy, your hostess, and joining me today are some fellows who aren't sure who trust to talk about this week's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Introduce yourself, guys. Uh, hello, my name is James Hafel, and I'm a, I'm a little bit tired, as you can kind of tell. <laughs> and I'm Wiz Kim, and I'm ashamed, truly, truly, I'm ashamed. Stuck found me, like, hooking up with his new assistant. In my defense, she looks a lot like Felicity Jones, and you guys know how much I love my stardust, and now I'm going to go clean the a-hole after, after, we're, after we're done with this podcast. Wait, scratch that. Okay. And I'm Steve Nostro, freshly dragged off a new airplane. <laughs> was, was it the airplane that Friday's just driving by herself? No, nope, it was a different plane, private plane. Um, before we get into the news, a little a little teaser from t- this guy, Taika Watiti. He dropped something called Thor Fraggle Rock, clap clap. Um, what did I we was, think of this teaser? I was bored that they actually showed one well one that they actually are going to destroy Mjolnir and two that they actually showed in the trailer it was just like whoa they're not screwing around now (laughs) Uh oh well Cape Blanchett don't play around this is cool no Hela is hella powerful yes (laughs) oh she looked awesome actually um I wanted to get to some controversy here did you guys think it looked too much like it's really this film's related to Guardians of the Galaxy or is that kind of point I think that's kind of the point because I think it's just trying to establish the look of the Marvel Cosmic Universe. Yeah, I love, I love, I love the look. Yeah. What, what did you guys think of the set designs? Because to me, it really it didn't look much like Star Wars. More, it looked like, more like Babylon Five, and I mean that is a compliment. Well, I think it's meant to look like the seventies and eighties because I mean that's what the title font uh, uh, looks like too. So you know, yeah, just like that. Led Zeppelin. Yep. And what did we think of the song using song. the immigrant song from the Led Zeppelin? Perfection. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Apparently. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The whole trailer was the whole trailer was just perfection. It did show too much. It made you want more. You want to know what's going on with Hella. You saw Hella with the headpiece, which we have a statue of in our kitchen. Uh, and we're waiting for the hot toy so we can put her neck to it. Uh, it just, from the music to the cinematography to the costuming. To the tone. And, to the tone. It just, and, and seeing Loki again, of course, made me very happy. With um, his new curly hair, apparently. We, we talked a lot when we watched it on, on our big TV through YouTube. And we talked a lot about uh, how we felt like the greatest moment in any Marvel tra- trailer happened in this movie trailer. And that, and that was when, at the very end, when they released the Hulk. Oh my god. And <laughs> Thor laughed and says, yes, he's a friend from work. I know him. He's, <laughs> a, friend. he's a friend from work. By the greatest, way, I want greatest that... Greatest trailer moment in and Marvel by, history. And by the way, I want 
that couch that the um, Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum and Loki are sitting on. That is an awesome couch. I almost <laughs> expected Loki just to look at the Grandmaster and go, seriously, this is your play? Well, I mean, the other one They is work like, together. <laughs> I mean, it would even be funnier if it was, um, uh, if like Hulk Break saw Loki was just like, Yeah, that's what, I, that's, uh, what, that's what my friend Sean was thinking. Still might happen. Yeah, that's what my friend Sean was saying on his reaction video. It's like, I was half expecting Loki to say, don't notice me, don't notice me, don't notice me. <laughs> didn't, re- didn't really go out well for me last time. I, I, was, I was surprised, first of all, that they dropped, the, Marvel dropped this trailer with no kind of promotion at all. They just dropped it early in the morning. I mean, we heard rumors that they might drop it soon, but I love the look of Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. I love, I love that we got to see Grandmaster Jeff Goldblum. I was actually very surprised that actually that we actually got to see him. Um, I don't know if if they're gonna follow the comic book lore in terms of Hela being Loki's daughter, but they could. They could. Yeah, you know, it's all about alternate dimensions, and they might not want to go into that. But and, you know. and remember, like these people are gods, so they don't necessarily they don't necessarily have to look like aged compared to everybody else. Like well, and also here's a, what I think might be Loki's play here is that um I think he I feel like he might be colluding with uh, Hela to um make Thor look bad, and then he can look like a hero and he's trying to feed Hela and get her out of Asgard, but really she he's just working with her the whole time. Like I feel like that's his play. Doesn't yeah. mean I'll explain why he's in battle gear. So I, I could I could I could also see like Loki and Thor team. This kind of be a redemption thing for Loki. I do I do like that. Even though probably they'll not, or maybe they will. Maybe they will like say this in the film that Grandmaster is the older brother of Benicio del Toro's collector that we saw in Thor: The Dark World and and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, we know that they're related from the comic book, so we're, yeah. it's just a question of them yeah. acknowledging. Yeah, and I don't think Loki is redeemable in the sense that he would ever become a good guy. I think Loki's power is that he is a villain, and I don't want—I don't want to take one of the Marvel's greatest villains away and make him another good guy because we have lots and lots of good guys. And as we've seen, we don't have that many great villains. Yeah, and he's one of them. And Hela is going to be added to that list of great Marvel villains because, I mean, just look at her and watch. Look at what she did does in the first second of the trailer. That's when you know, okay, if that happens in the trailer, what the rest of the movie gonna show? Because that badass. And, we, and, then, and, and Taika, the... Taika is incredibly smart yeah. with his trailers. Mm-hmm. And he's not, if he's showing us that, there's so much more that we have, that we have waiting for. I'm no, par- here's the question. I'm paraphrasing, um... oh, so before, you, before you go there, James, I'm paraphrasing Kate Blanchett here. She described Taika Watiti as the best dance instructor slash Sumo wrestler slash uncle, you know, wish you always had and director of all time. Apparently, he played a, a lot of music, so maybe the on set, so maybe the immigrant song is one of the song, songs that he played. Yeah. But here's like my here's my question: Can uh, what happens to Mjolnir's pieces if they if the Mjolnir gets broken? Can only Thor pick them up? <laughs> well, it looked like uh, Hela could. Well, well, at least you could stop it. She necessarily wasn't necessarily like picking it up. She can stop just it and it hold it. Up. She held it in her hand as so she, was she crushing it. She was held. <laughs> It, yeah. uh, which means how is she worthy to hold Mjolnir when Cap wasn't? But yeah. she can. But you never know. She is a god, so yes. it could be something that's a part of her powers. And it, I just, I just love the entire look of her, and especially.
Ashley when they showed her with that badass headpiece. Yeah. Because, oh my <laughs> god, and then the Thor and Jane, and then the haircut. I was just like, no, you can't cut. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the, the, that's like the talking point from all the female reactors that I saw, that they cut Thor's hair. Like, you women and your hair. And I love the fact that, yeah, I, I, love, I, I, I love the fact that Hemsworth, I'm, I love the fact that Hemsworth looks like he's cosplaying as his character from Red Dawn, apparently. Well, I, mean, I just think that except for Thor, he has short hair, so. Yeah. Well, I just think that, one, it's kind of like a Samson and Delilah thing. If you cut his hair, you cut his power. But he's Thor, not Samson. Um, but I think it was their way of, like, demeaning him. Yeah. Because it, Thor, it, all, it was it their, their way of, like, trying to make him human and not take the god away from him. So I like that. And yeah, it looked, it was a great haircut. I don't know who did it. I want, <laughs> I want the name of his hairdresser. Howard the um, But I didn't get enough of Valkyrie, but I loved how she looked. Um, I like that Jeff Goldblum wasn't being all Jeff Goldblum-y. Who, and though I love Jeff Goldblum when he's Jeff Goldblum-y, it doesn't fit this movie. I, 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 mean, I, I think it does. I he, did it, I went... he did it straight. He played it straight. He was doing all that, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, you know, thing that we love about him in other movies where he's just kind of playing himself. Here, I could see how he's playing character. I would, rather than I would respectfully disagree with that a little bit because when he's doing for the, when he's doing the announcing bit, I hear more of classic Jeff well, Goldblum. Well, yeah, but yeah. he's not like going full, yeah, you know, well. nine months or, full, <laughs> you know, where he's basically just playing himself and being yeah. all scatterbrained kind of thing and moving his hands a lot. But when you're announcing something, he's also a very dramatic character, the Grandmaster. Yeah. Yeah. So he has to have a little bit of that, you know, flair. that flair, that ringmaster kind of thing. Um, yeah. I love but, that, but, you know, just having Loki on that couch when the Hulk oh, comes oh, out oh. looking down the couch at the Grandmaster, mm-hmm. like, I just want a close-up of his face that's going, seriously, motherfucker? <laughs> this <laughs> is your play. Seeing the Hulk in his um, armor and everything, I can uh, only talk. I can talk the, like five minutes. They finally, finally are getting a little bit of Planet Hulk beef. Isn't it fantastic? Yeah. yeah. For, for comic book historical reference, the planet that Hulk and Thor are fighting on is Sakaar. Um, it's a planet where they make space cigars. That's why it's called Sakaar. No. Um, um, if that name sounds familiar, um, Ronin's army and Guardians of the Galaxy were Sakaarids. So that's another, it's another title of Guardians of the Galaxy. Also wanted to mention this before I forget. I was really surprised because someone named Nikki said that Idris Elba was done with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it was. No, it was nice, it was nice to see how I'm all. Um, well, Manali Portman said she was done with it before the Dark World. So, I mean, um, also, we knew he was going to be back because he had a contract for so many films. Yeah. So I wasn't yeah. surprised to see him at all. With his uh, new long hair look. And yeah, one last thing, we also see a quick glimpse of Scourge as well. Yes, yeah, Carl right. Urban's character, yes. Yeah, too, too, too brief a glimpse. I'm sorry. I, 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 feel, I feel like he's probably going to have to get his big axe at some point in the movie because right now he just has guns, but I feel like he's going to get like the big freaking... Axe. <laughs> because we saw this in uh, Avengers Infinity War concept art that Thor, his actual original weapon was not Mjolnir, it was actually an axe, which I will not say the name of because I don't want to spoil it for people, but he will get a new weapon. So we yeah. will, and apparently we're going to see Hela in Infinity War too. Though. Well, there's some controversy that uh, that she is actually she is actually the, the love interest of Thanos because she yeah. could be interpreted as the living embodiment of death who Thanos is in love with. Yes, and Thanos yeah. is now also Cable. Yes. No, no. Um, I, I want a soapbox moment, if I may, um, if I can on this. 
I'm gonna say this, and this is my own personal opinion, and it wouldn't surprise me that Fox did this for this reason. If it wasn't for this reason, fine, whatever, I'll get over it. But, and I have to say this with all sincerity, if they casted Josh Brolin just to make a, an MCU joke, and that's it, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, that is the most catty thing I've ever heard, that is like... Casting Daisy Ridley in a Star Trek movie, putting her in a red shirt, killing her off, and having Carl Urban say, who is that girl? And Kirk say, oh, 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 don't worry about it, she's not important. That is the equivalent of this. Now, That's if they, it. no, no, let me finish James, please. No, if they casted Josh Brolin for the fact that he was best for the role, I com I would be completely be on board for that. They probably will make an MCU joke. I'll probably laugh at it, but if this was the only reason to cash Josh Brolin, that is absolutely pointless and moronic in my in my point of view. Um, I I don't think that's why they would do that. One, because Josh would have to get permission. Uh, yeah. Marvel would have to give him an out to go, so he would do both. Yeah. Um, two, my choice is still and will always be Stephen Lang as Cable. Yes, um, as are many people, quite frankly. However, Josh Brolin does also suit the role very well. His physicality. Yeah. Um, Thanos is uh, basically a voiceover role. Yeah, with some the, facial capture. With some about... facial capture. And maybe some motion kind of capture like later. Um, so I don't know how tight his Marvel contract is, but to do another Marvel property that's owned by another studio, he would have had to okay it. And so would 20th Century Fox have had to okay it with Marvel Studios and Disney. Yep. Yep. So I don't think they would go through that much trouble to make an inside joke. <laughs> but and I also... do think, jo this is my last point, Josh, again, is a very good fit. Mm -hmm. For the character of Cable, not my choice. Well, here's my but, uh, yeah. here's my defense of Josh as Cable, um, <clears throat> and also why I think Stephen Lang might have been a little bit too much, is because I feel like um, whenever Stephen Lang does like deadpan humor, there's still a lot of threateningness to it. Like he's just a guy who seems very menacing in general. It's very hard, I think, for him. At least I haven't seen him do anything where he's kind of got a genuine soft moment. Otherwise, every time he just feels like very hard. And I feel like um, to suit Cable next to Deadpool, I think you have to have a guy who can. Um, do both like uh, deadpan humor and also be badass and Josh Brolin can do both of those as we can tell from his work on the, with the Coen brothers so right. I think he uh, I think he's actually a much better fit for this version of Cable than uh, Stephen Lang would be yeah I don't mind him at all if they're I, gonna I go like that. full war like if they're gonna go like full war like battle everything's dead and dying Cable it would probably be better for Stephen Lang but when you're trying to do like the one that's the straight man to Deadpool it's probably better to have a guy who can do deadpan like Josh can so right and Stephen Lang you know physically and intensely like I mean if you watch that man he is the most intense I agree he is incredibly intense and I've never seen him do anything remotely comedic or play a straight man or well, I mean, so he in does, that sense, like he can he can do he can do a punchline but like it still like has that level of just being like yeah. um, intense like and not Ron, like if you cast Ron Perlman he could have pulled that off too yeah um and he actually was interested in doing it but I'm still hoping for a third Hellboy um <laughs> but I think Josh of all the actors that had said that, that they said were in negotiation or talk, I think Josh is the best one. I know that Tim Miller wanted Kyle Chandler, which is one of the reasons he's going to direct it. Kyle Chandler is 100% wrong for Cable. Mm -hmm. uh, one, he's too, yeah, one, he's too young. He's too young. Two, he's not physically right for it. And three, I like Kyle. I had a crush on him for a long time. <laughs> but I don't. he doesn't do intensity. He doesn't do that level of drama as well. Um, I've never seen
seen him do that. I think he's perfectly capable of it. But when I look at him, I see pretty boy. <laughs> I don't cable. And with Stephen Lang and even Ron Perlman and Josh Brolin, I see cable. The other actor they had really, they, they were talking a lot about was Michael Shannon. Physically, yeah. I think, and I mean, he was Zod. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's the only Zod and Jorel were the only decent parts of that crappy ass movie. Um, so yeah, I could have seen Michael Shannon, but I think Josh Brolin, if you're not going to include Stephen Lang, if you're not going to consider Stephen Lang, Josh Brolin be your best bet. But I think he was cast based on his abilities, not because, you know, Fox wanted to say at you to Marvel. To Marvel because he, they wouldn't have been able to get him. I'm, d- I'm just saying I would not put it past them to if, if that was the main and only reason. We'll find out when we see the movie. <laughs> I, I think he's, I, I think it, I think it would, I think they wanted the best actor for the role and maybe Stephen Lang turned it down or maybe they didn't even consider him. I know I, I think it, it right. I think it might have been that they wanted the guy who was, I think they wanted the guy who was like a little, just a little bit on the edge of younger so that they could, um, see a, like, a potential to... future with him because I feel like Stephen Lang is getting to the point where he can't really do, like, super physical right. stuff anymore, so. He's, he's a little, you know, he's quite a bit older and, I mean, Josh is too. Josh is, I think. He's up, 50. he's up there, but he's not that, that the as cable far is up there. Only, the cable is also older. So, I mean, cable, I think, and Josh Brolin are probably about the same age. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I can't always get what I want. Um, uh, oh. but it can't give me Stephen Lang cable, give me Josh Brolin cable. Yeah, I'll take Josh Brolin. And the reason I stayed mostly quiet through this section is I don't have a dog in this race. I could, I could care less personally. I just, I just don't want them to take a shot at the MCU, but we, but we've been through that. Um, I want you know, you know, Ryan might say something. Well, yeah, of course, but I don't want that to be the only reason. It's not, no. I really, it would have, it would be a lot of work and negotiation to go to to make a joke. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't put put it past them. It's Hollywood. (laughs) People have done even more dumb reasons for, for them jokes. But moving on, um, we got a star for the Miles Morales animated movie. The the star of Dope, Shamik Moore, will play fan favorite Miles Morales. I hope he'll give I hope he'll give Miles Morales much more of his own individual personality apart from Peter Parker. I, I, I just like how much publicity this animated film's getting because especially with Marvel animated films, they usually don't get this much publicity. Yeah. No, I think, no, um, not usually as good. And I think with uh Jamaica, like we um if you watch the get down, you know that Jamaican has a incredible range as an actor, so I'm really interested to see like how he uses his voice in this because I haven't really seen him do a lot of voice with, so. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, apparently, um, in the Thor, going back to Thor Ragnarok for a bit, there's a little bit of an homage to Hunt for the Wilder people in there. <laughs> like, the address for, like, the main characters is on one of the boxes somewhere that's gonna be sent off. This could be in a bit of spoiler territory, so I'm gonna keep it kind of, like, short and sweet. Um, some of the executive producers for Spider-Man Homecoming were at a film convention this week, and unfortunately they, well not unfortunately for me because I didn't want to see the, this character again, we will not see an Uncle Ben in Spider-Man Homecoming. I didn't Nick back to. Thank I, God. Mean, I wanted to see like a brief flashback maybe or just like. No! No! Like I do not want to see old man Uncle Ben die for the third third time. Or at least a, or at least a picture oh, of no. him. Like have a picture. Well yeah, but somewhere. I did not want to see for another time, you know, Peter, you 
could have stopped that guy. I mean, it's almost. Yeah, I don't see that again either. I mean, it's almost becoming funny. Like Bruce Wayne's parents dying isn't as tragic as it used to be because we see it all the t- the time now. Yeah. I I just think that they when they set up Mar- uh, Marissa Tomei as a single Aunt May, we weren't gonna have Uncle Ben. Yeah, and, I just and, never I never expected it to to see him. They, yeah, they've done the origin story enough, and I like I that this like, is not an origin story because he's already been Spider-Man. I just wonder, like, then if if he's not uh, if I mean I think they said they were gonna mention him somewhere. Like I read that they were gonna mention him, but I wonder how much um that affects how Peter's character differs because like that's obviously a pinnacle point for Peter Parker and uh, every other adaptation. I just but I think he... but I think of the non-Marvel producers on the other two franchises, he played up the angst of Uncle Ben's death a little too much, and that's yeah. why I'm glad that it's not just gonna be Uncle Ben dying. They're gonna cause him to be all emo and hopefully not do an emo dance side on the sidewalk. <laughs> Um, um, some, some more news related to Spider-Man Homecoming. Well, may, well, not so much news. And again, I'm gonna keep this short and sweet. In the first Spider-Man Homecoming trailer, where they had the pop song playing, where yeah. we first see Liz Allen, apparently one of those girls is Gwen Stacy in this verse. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the actress's name because I think that's gonna spoil something. But yes, look, Gwen Stacy, Peter's first love is going to be in this movie somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, and and the, and that's the, and that's not surprising to me. There are there are other things in the news, but you can go look them up. Your our audience can go look them up themselves because I don't want to be responsible for giving away any spoilers. I also wanted to say the congr- congratulations to Thor Ragnarok, most watched Marvel t- teaser of all time, something like twelve million views in twenty four hours. Wow! Yeah, I think awesome. I was I think I was about four billion of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, one one more thing about the Thor Ragnarok trailer before we get into our episode um i love that marvel's continuing their tradition of doing the awesome splash panel shot when thor and hulk are running towards each other in battle yeah, yeah. I, I love that kind of because that that to me just screams comics you know like those kind of yeah. action shots but that's it for the news let's get into our main event oh what are we going to do today james we're gonna cry um. yeah does everybody have their blue soap <laughs> Uh, just give me a second to laugh. <laughs> uh, that's one of our favorite gags in recent memory. It's not even really a gag. It's just so boring. Anyway, um, we're talking about episode 17 of season 4 called Identity and Change. As Daisy and Simmons struggle to discover an escaper to the real world and the identity of the inhuman leader, the resistance is revealed. <laughs> oh boy. Viva la resistance. Viva la resistance. It seems and, kind and, of like a very uh, underwhelming resistance at this point. And do you guys agree season. with me now watching this episode that this one and last week really should have been a two-parter? Um, um, it is a two-parter in a way. But I, I <laughs> wish... one part last week and one part this week. Well, no, I, I wish they... Like, I wish they did a two You mean a two-hour episode. Yes, because it would... It felt a lot better if they this way. I I, I'm, I'm actually... I didn't get a vibe either way. I thought it I was think a it's, natural... I think it's better that they split it up because, yeah. um... If, uh... Because, like, the pacing of the first part and then the, uh, big thing that happens at the end, uh, would have, like, thrown off the two-parter vibe a lot. Yeah. yeah. And the so. tone was almost completely different, yeah. um, in this episode than last Sweet. Well, um, so. Let's talk about this. Was much more intense. Let's talk. Oh, yeah. Let's talk. La resist, la resistance is led by Jeffy. the amazing Jeffy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, did, and did everybody love Coulson
originally was for Captain America, now it's switched over to the Patriot. So the little have, bit of have you, have you met? Have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> of course, I loved it. He was he was being fanboy Colson. This is an aspect of him that we all relate to. And we all love so much about the characters. And I, I thought it was hilarious the, that they made him seem like a conspiracy theorist in this episode. I yeah, thought that was yeah. Funny. It makes conspiracy theorists look like absolute goofs. With especially with especially what I said earlier with the with the so, with the blue soap that gets into your bloodstream. Daisy and everybody's reactions to that line. That is probably the funniest thing. I remember it's seen on Agents of Shield. Like what? What? Yeah. yeah. I love Ward. I love Ward's reaction to that. He's like so. Yeah, he and makes his own soap. I mean, like I, I love that. Uh, later in the episode, he starts to um, like framework. Colson starts to understand that he's also a little bit kooky. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm assuming that his his ex-wife is either Constance Zimmer's character from from last season, or want to make it even more gross. It's actually Maria Hill. Oh God. <laughs> That's his ex-wife. No. Mentioned that uh, I think it, I feel like towards, especially towards the end of the episode, as the episode went on basically, like he started to feel Colson start to become more Colson. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he became more, like you could tell he cared about Daisy. You could also <clears> see him start <throat> becoming more of a leader person, even though he was kind of inept around Bradley. Well, it's kind of like cool, Colson in phase cool. It's like Colson in phase one. He dipped his toes in like Thor and Iron Man, and uh, the more he gets involved in this world, the more confident that he is to play with the, to play with these enhanced people, so to speak. Oh, I I kind of disagree because I don't feel he lacked confidence in Iron Man Thor at all. Well, no, well, no, like he did, he dipped his toe in the water to something that he wasn't like fully aware of. Once you once you get into the end of Phase One, he is well, a lot more. I wouldn't, I don't know if confidence the right word, but like much more at peace in this world of enhanced. Well, he's he's kind of the thing we always in the army and in the Cold uh we would always talk about was how um he was our unflappable leader because <laughs> nothing gets him and. This episode, we got to see a very flap Coulson. <laughs> he was very flappable. That is not, you know, the Coulson we know. And the reason, one of the reasons we love Coulson is he has those both sides to him. There's some things that surprise him, but it's very rare. I mean, somebody, you know, he stands up to that, to the destroyer in Thor. And it's just like, oh, for God's sake, kind of thing. Yeah. This now, he's, he's like, unflappable, wait, that, but this is a flappable Coulson. I'm sorry. Did I, did I say it right? Did I say it right? Did I say yeah, it right? Did what? what? Yeah. And we'll see him with the gun, but he did see more. And he, his, like, I, in the other world i have a robotic arm um i'm so i'm sorry this is a minor thing for me but please tell me that actress that played his student in this episode was related to somebody because by, by god even the, for those two little lines that was one of the worst performances i've ever seen i don't know who that was the, the, i wasn't really paying attention honestly i was just like i covered my ears to that point because i was like nope don't 
don't want to have this turn into something awkward. It, it, well, <laughs> as a teacher, I, I totally understand. This is my time before the bell. Well, no, I'm not I'm not talking about Colton's performance. I'm talking about no, the No, no, I know, yeah, but I, I, I related. I don't know who she was. She's probably just hired as a day player. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully that's it, because, God, she would. She just seemed very unnatural to me. Well, maybe that's the point, because this is a framework. But let's talk about our returning Big Mac, Mackenzie. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we didn't see him last week. Um, his journey in this one episode, maybe the most heart-wrenching thing I saw in the entire episode, just because Matt got everything he wanted and the one thing he never wanted to see, which is the disappointment yeah. in his daughter. And I'm, I'm just yeah. making an observation. This is not going to actually happen in the other world, so to speak. But didn't we get, did anybody else get like a Ruby Williams vibe? I got from, one girl. From Mac's daughter. I got Moon Girl, so. Moon well, Girl is the is the most intelligent uh, person on the planet, and she's a tiny little inhuman. Well, no, well, no, I mean, well, no, I mean, like just her, just her, like interest in engineering. I could totally yeah, see her I mean, being Ironheart. Not that she got, will be, but like, like I said, Moon Girl is where more I got because like she even has the hair that Moon Girl has, which is those two double the space buns, basically. Well, you know how like they like to combine things in the MCU, so maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, yeah. Or none. Or none. I just love how um Mac is still moved. Out of all the people in the framework, Mac is like the closest person to who he actually is in reality. Not much has changed in Mac. Yeah. And it seems like he's generally like it seems like he's actually genuinely happy there, which is really sad that he's gonna that like is all shattered for him in like a minute. Yeah. So um lo- loved um Alfonso's performance in the interrogation room with Sky slash Daisy because you really think that Mac actually understand like Mac is waking up he's remembering who he was and then when Daisy mentions Yo-Yo and you see the little eye the little oh, sort of eye just... bob he does like, like, yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. the look of heartbreak and the look of disgust on Mac's face one when he says how Hydra and two the look on his daughter Hope's face which is which by the way Marvel do you just like the hopes everywhere Hope Slotman <laughs> Hope Van Dyne no this girl's name Hope no you Hope McKenzie make, is her name Hope McKenzie yes yeah, you should you should make a spin-off team of Avengers called the Hopeful Avengers <laughs> That's funny. Oh my god, that is funny. Yeah, well, but the and I love this little girl who played his daughter because the look of shock and disappointment on her face, that killed me. That yeah. totally it killed Mac too, Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, and I love that even in this world he doesn't like droids. <laughs> Oh, it's just like, and I didn't remember the last episode at all, so I didn't remember that they actually crashed a drone there, so it took me a second to realize that uh, that's why they went after um, Mac and Hope, was because that, that droid was actually one of the ones that crashed in the park. Or, like, oh, or, or Madam Hydra found out who, da- who Daisy was, and they needed, and she needed some kind of confirmation, and that's why they went after, and that's why Madam Hydra told May, or told the doctor to tell May to go to go get Mac. Oh, that's absolutely what happened. Is she was trying to? She knew. She knew in the last episode that Daisy. Yeah, and it could be a combination there. of both. It was just probably happened really just like a um, happy fed, coincidence in, the, in they, her case. They fed May the information. They said, "Get him to tell him this. Get him to talk to her, yep. and we'll get the information we need." Yeah. Without having to explain to May what was really going on. The creepiest yeah. May line of all time is when she's talking to Mac in the interrogation room, and she Mac goes, "She's." just a 
kid, that does not mean she's innocent. The cold yeah. look on her face and yeah. the the cold yes. wrath in her eyes. My God, that was when you know when this scary, man. Scary, man. Scary. Yeah, <laughs> and and crazy enough, May seems at peace in this world. I mean, she's not bothered by anything really. The only thing she's bothered by is what happened with the girl. But other than that, she she questions nothing. Like Fitz, we'll talk about that later. But I I love the moving on. I love the interaction between Gemma and Ward and Gemma was just like cold sarcasm toward towards towards Ward. It's, I mean, well, it's hard to let all that go, even though logically she might understand it's not the same Ward. But when you see that face, and after everything he did to her and Fitz and everybody else, she's definitely still got resentment. Yeah. I mean, and going back to the May thing, I think May is actually more comfortable in that kind of emotional dead follower. zone. She's the follower, not the leader. She doesn't yeah. have to think, doesn't let her emotion get to her, and I think that's something that even yeah. our May prefers. Yeah. To yeah. not let emotions make it messy, so this is almost even though she's with Hydra and not with Shield, I think this may preferred kind of behave like well, way of getting through life. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but remember May and the pilot? She's more, she's more than she's more than happy being at that desk. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I I'm not saying that this is Coulson's fault because it's not, but maybe May was just better off just being at that desk for the rest of her career. I don't know. It's just I think what it is is just like um uh like I'm just scared. Of I'm just scared for May at this point because I feel like she's so, um, like she, she's just so lost in the world that she just wants something that makes sense. And I feel like subconsciously, even if she's, um, even as she's in the framework, like her real self is kind of just like, at least they don't have to do anything about this right now. And it's, um, just heartbreaking in its own way because like even Jay-Z has said, like, this is not May. And it's just so sad to watch all these characters that we love just kind of unravel and this, yeah. um, I, I wouldn't call May suicidal, but I don't think death really scares her much at the point. It doesn't. I mean, yeah. like she's, she's a soldier. She's not, she's programmed not to be scared of that but it's like it's just I, I just feel so bad for how these characters are going to feel when they get out of this thing well, it's, in especially Fitz in May's yeah. in May's mind like she other than her job and her loyalty to Coulson she really has nothing to avoid now that Andrew's gone like that normal life I mean we saw that at the end of at the end of like season season 2 where like she goes off to like with her vacation with Andrew like she really did not want to come back to shield now that he's gone she really doesn't have anything to to live for other than the mission and quite frankly a lot and she needs more than that of course mm. but but you know what i mean now that andrew's gone like what does she have to live for and everybody in this everybody in this group agrees that they don't want her to get with colson well, so, I do. <laughs> well you're the lone person in this thing but you see my point like what does she have to live for other than the job nothing mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be great, honestly. Like, she doesn't have to leave the show or die, but I feel like it'd be great if she, um, like, just went somewhere and found something to do besides Shield. Because I mean, like, she really does need a break, and it would be good for her to discover some kind of purpose in her life again. Yeah, preferably one that doesn't involve a romantic attraction. I think because like, there's more to life than just that. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah. Why do we yeah. have so, to pair everybody up? I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that. I'm not saying I don't want her to get with Coulson. I'm just saying like, don't do that right now. 
especially after they get out of the framework, because that's going to be like hard enough as it is. But but I have to really three words for you, David Batty. I I really I really have to I really have to praise Liz Hanstrich in this episode. Lot of lot of different ups and downs with her character. I loved again we mentioned the thing with the board. I love that she's reforming that reforming that relationship with Coulson. I love I love after Coulson says how like mundane and boring his life is. It's like um, Liz Henshaw, Gemma Simmons, trying to help Coulson through like a midlife framework crisis. <laughs> no, it's I mean, kind of. no making soap is quaint, almost absurd. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a daughter like saying, "Dad, you do not have to audition for the voice of the real world. <laughs> you don't have to do that. We can you can find something find something else to do doing her life." Um. But the pain that Gemma has on her on her face when Fitz does what what he does, and the realization that like yeah. she loves Fitz, but she really doesn't know every little thing about him. Is and I think the thing about it is that what Fitz has become in the framework, since we're kind of moving on here, so what Fitz has become in the framework has become like we said before, but it's like it's basically his all of his uh um more negative traits are just being allowed to go free with no one to tell him no, basically. Basically. Yeah. So, and the, uh, or the stuff that he what? he's turned into a real dick. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's putting it mildly. That's, um, yeah, that's probably but, the best best way to describe what happened. Uh, let's let's talk to, let's talk about Radcliffe for a second because he's very e- easy to forget. Um, yeah. I I when they when they rolled up on him in Bermuda, but uh, I have to backtrack a little bit. What the homages to Captain America: The Winter Soldier in this episode were like Daisy and uh, the elevator. Well, Daisy and Ward are like, you know, I'll take May, you take, it's kind of like that thing in Captain America Winter Soldier when, when Nat's saying, kiss me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, 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 or put your arm on my shoulder, laugh at what I said. I love those little homages and of course the elevator scene. But going back to Radcliffe for a bit, um, I, I have expected before, before, um, our shield team rolled up on Radcliffe, um, Radcliffe should basically say this. My dear Gemma, here in the middle framework, <laughs> like, he, he did, he did kind of look like Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings for a little bit. Oh, I, just, okay, I, get you now, I get you now. I was just waiting for, I was just waiting for, uh, there's a lot about my past you don't know, don't know about here in the Middle Earth Shire. <laughs> In the framework, anyway, shy. Anyway, just with going with Radcliffe though, I think he, um, I think John Hanna definitely turned in an amazing performance this episode because he, yeah. um, uh, like we made he made us like Radcliffe again. Yes, <laughs> not me. Which was thought to be impossible, but not me. Uh, I, I, he's back. The charming Radcliffe was back, and I totally agree, James. I thought, oh, and he's like, yes, he's I'm regretful. Dead. She, he's regretful. He, she, she killed me. I was like, and he said that so nonchalantly. He was just yeah. like, well, she just kind of killed me, and yeah, she killed me, and now I'm trapped, and she trapped my cause framework. So there's nothing for me. So we're happy here. Go away. <laughs> just let us live in ease. Yeah. And uh, and the fact that he he knew everybody, I think, kind of confused me a little bit. I love how we called. I love how we called. is knocked off of balance. Yeah. Ward's just like, uh, what? Okay. I love how we called. I love how we called Ward Hive. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, you're not Hive anymore. Oh, I never got to meet you. I never got. This is the one before. Before I didn't get to meet this one. Yeah. Well, that's true. You do. I had. And Ward is just like. But I had to think for a bit. Yeah, you never did get to be angry. He only ever met Hive. Yeah. He didn't yeah, even meet yeah. Evil Ward. Or good, <laughs> good Ward or Evil Ward, he met Hive Ward. Yep, so. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good one. That's great. But yeah, like, um, with, uh, that whole scene with him going up against Fitz, though, like, both the John Hannah and Ian Casticker were just like, uh, that was the most, that's the most intense thing I've ever seen on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was just like, it was like watching two jazz musicians go back and riff together. Yeah. It was like that improv, it was so beautiful to watch. It was a great performance, but it really was, it was like, the beats were on, they, the music was on point. The music was on point for that scene. It was beautiful. And, and I had to give props to the director because I love that. I I don't I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because of my love of Star Wars. But I I always love like those the hatch doors opening and the ominous music of the bad guys coming and just the way yeah, that. Yeah, and also Mallory Jensen's power walk. Damn, she can yeah. do a yeah. power walk. Yeah, <laughs> she's really she's really embracing like like I it is really embracing the this framework identity. Don't call her not... a color Ophelia. No, 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 Ophelia. no, 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 no. <laughs> But let me finish. She's really embracing, like, this framework is not just an identity in this world. This is who I am. Yeah, and it's just, I'm just amazed that Mallory's like, yeah, I'm amazed that Mallory's like performance, cause you can tell that just, it's very subtle, but between outside and inside the framework, like there's just little things that are just slightly different, but enough that you can kind of make it seem more like it, it is more human in the framework, because like she, there's, there's less, there's fewer pauses on the ends of sentences, like she's just, it's, just so. very, it's very subtle, but she's like, you can tell she's both Ada and also not, and it's just, I'm amazed at how much Mallory can like alter her inflections on her words make them just that just that much that just that subtle but that just that effective and in so. a foreign accent yeah yeah it's just she's and, awesome and let's and let's not for, forget her role as agnes in this in this yeah. in this show either <laughs> it wasn't very big but yeah yeah it wasn't very big i i well it's i i love that Fitz and Madame Hydra are kind of like interrelated with each other now because how they were viewed in the other world is part of the reason why Fitz like does what he does at the end of this episode because I mean I'm, I'm just gonna be real for just a second. I didn't know how much I ha- actually had in common with Leo Fitz until this episode. You killed it. You killed an innocent woman too. Well, no. <laughs> well, well, no. Let, 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 let me let me say this really in seriously for a second. If you're the kid that was praised for for his intelligence all his life, but never got any kind of sense of power from it, never actually got any kind of real validation from the people that you respected from it, and the one thing. The one thing that bothers you more than anything else is your awkwardness. And while some may find it cute and endearing, if that's the one thing that you hate about yourself, and all of a sudden you're, you're suddenly plopped in a world where everybody is pretty much respectful of you or intimidated of you, why would you want to go back into a a world where you're just a simple scientist? Regardless if someone, someone else someone else loves you. Why would your mind, not your soul, not your heart, why would your mind want to break out of this street? Yeah. Into a world where... He's basically, he's basically becoming an emotionless, like, robot. He's become as much a robot as, as, uh, Ada is in a way. Yeah. It's scary and sad and... But I will say, like, you could definitely see there was a look of recognition on his face when Gemma stood up and screamed. Like, you could see it. It was, Fitz was back for a second. Yeah, Fitz was back. Fitz was back for a second, but I think, I think his, his, being drunk on his ego is one of the reasons. It's very much like an Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars Episode Three. The power is too intoxicating for Fitz not wanting to let that go. May's May's inner inner peace within herself 
is too intoxicating to wanting to wanting to go back to the other world. The reason why these other people are falling into place a lot easier is because they know deep they're not at peace as much as these other people are. And I think and I think that and I think that's the and I think the issue is with Gemma, she she loves Fitz, but she doesn't actually really know him as well as she thought she did. I think she like idealizes him a little bit more yeah. than she thinks healthy and um And and yeah. that's not and that's not and that's not all Gemma's fault. I'm not putting this all on Gemma. I mean, you have to you have to realize something that like Fitz like went to the ends of the earth to to find to find went her. to another unit went to another universe to find her. Yeah, and, I uh, mean, became very important this episode. Yeah, and really, really, and truly, like all of that is gonna create create a dark side in somebody, especially when no one believed you to begin with. With the whole Maven thing, he's been right almost this this entire time, and now he's finally in a world that he can be validated. I understand com- completely why Fitz is doing what he's doing. Doesn't make it right, but again, there's a difference between your mind and your soul. Very much a yeah, Darth Vader yeah. thing. I'm sad. Yes. I'm, final, th- final thoughts on the episode, guys. I'm just, um, yeah. well, I mean, you didn't really say anything about that whole thing. Did you have any yeah. additional yeah. thoughts? Yeah, I was well, just that, about to say. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm having trouble with my allergies. Um, well, because we know now that the fits, you know, after, right before the break, um, that the fit that we'd been seeing wasn't a real fit. It was an LMD fit. Uh, we don't really know how long it's been in the framework, the real fit. Yeah. So who, he could have been in there a long time. He had totally forgotten, you know, who he was. And that's what I kept thinking. I was like, God, how long has he been in there? How long has this been the fake fit? Uh, how long was the LNG out there? Because we really, we didn't suspect it was Fitz until that fight. Um, so that's kind of what I kept going back. It's like, God, he's been in there probably a lot longer than, than anybody except May. And he's been totally brainwashed by this, by this world and the power. It's like kind of drunk with a little bit of power he has. Um, I mean, it's not I a little bit, him, it's a lot bit yeah, for this world. I just, I, yeah. I did, you know, whenever he looked at Gemma, there were like, there was just something in Ian's face yeah. that betrayed. And I think it was, you know, because he's so good as an actor. Where mm. anytime he looked at Gemma or it was mentioned, there was a glimmer, but it wasn't enough. And I think, but I think Madame Hydra kind of could tell. Yeah, um, yeah, she can definitely tell. Yeah, she, yeah. That's why she was so cagey about not. And, and that's the other thing. This is the first time we actually seen Ada show actual fear or right. trepidation yeah. towards something. We've never and seen that from her before. He's bought. He's drunk her Kool Aid. He's bought the story that these people tried to kill Ada. She hasn't revealed him. She's an LMD or that she's an artificial consciousness. Um, um, I, don't so she, I, I don't think he would really believe it. I think don't think no. he would even believe it at this point. At this yeah, because point, he's no. in love with so when he's when he's on this island, got Agnes hostage. I think it's his way. It's kind of like what happened in The Force Awakens, which is something I really, it was the only part of the movie I had issue with, because that was my favorite character. Um, when Kylo <laughs> Ren does what he does, and it's almost like his final turn yeah. to the dark side, and this, what happened to, to Agnes, what Fit did, was for me, and I think for Gemma, kind of his final turn to the dark side, was like, I don't know how to get him back at this. Well, I know we're gonna, he's gonna come back, obviously, and I think... Well, we have, unless, when, unless there's something we don't know. Well, here's what like, the thing Ian's is, like, when, up or something. once Gemma um, talks to him again, like, like it's like I feel like the scene is gonna be fits like all of a sudden like something breaks and he just like breaks back into his real self and he's just gonna be like oh my god what did I do? But then again, and then it's just gonna be like I think he I think she can as long as she like understands what why that happened and she understands that she was idealizing him and she had to, she needs to learn to listen to him more and listen to why he's and listen to his motivations because she did find out about keep hurting him keeping Ada's head in the safe right like she told him about that yeah. or something yeah. so and she kind of like I think she brushed that 
off. I feel like he needs to like look thought, at him as a more of a person instead of like what she wants him to be, which is a theme yeah. that occurs in a lot of uh, romantic stories that go on. Right. Well, well, no, so. it happens in a lot of real relationships. Let's just be too, like, so, let's just be yeah. really bad. I think she. I think with the with the Ada head thing, and then how that's impacted how she's seeing him now, is I think that she wants Fitz to be perfect, right, and, and to not have not. any shades of gray. He's black and white, and because the parts of her, him that she loves are those very sweet romantic parts of him, and, but uh, she doesn't want. Uh, and I think a lot of people go through this in relationships. You don't want to see the dark side. It's like the Kelly Clarkson song. Everybody's got a dark side. Can you love me? Can you love mine? <laughs> and that he has a dark side, and it's starting to come out with Radcliffe is kind of breaking the rules of science, breaking the norm, breaking the looking code at of things ethics. in a way that is not necessarily ethical. Yeah. Right. It's, he's, like, he's it's the Frankenstein curiosity is what basically. it is. Well, yeah. and also it's and a, so he he says so she wants fit to be the sweet fits that she fell in love with, and I think she's brushed off a lot because yeah. she wants to maintain that. But at the end of this episode, that illusion is gone. Yeah. And if Fitz can come back, he, he it's will. Gonna take, it's, just, it, it's gonna take a lot of work. Yeah. Plus, he, she has to deal with the fact that he's been with Madame Hydra, and, and even though it wasn't, it's Fitz's consciousness. How many yeah. of those emotions? How many of those feelings he had for Madame Hydra or Ada were real? <laughs> and so you have to. So she's gonna not only deal with watching him pill and innocent humane or innocent consciousness she's also dealing with the fact that he's been the lover of one of the most evil people and he contributed to the pain and suffering of people that he is the doctor yeah. that he is a torture effort and how much will that the knowledge of Fitz's consciousness how much of that will he not be able to live with because mm. that is not who Fitz was because he, uh, did, he did not go full Emperor Palpatine or maybe or maybe it, or, in, or, the, in the framework he does or maybe that, it, that is still his consciousness or maybe it is Fitz but it's just a part of himself that he didn't want to admit to himself. Right. We but all, he right. has to come to, t- he's going to have to come term with the, the con- with that part of himself that was in the framework because that's not an LMD. That's, that's Fitz. Him. Yeah. yeah and because that's his consciousness that's been doing all of these horrible things. And the Fitz that we know and love would not be able to live with himself. He probably won't be. That's going to be the problem. Yeah. And, and that's why I don't think I mean, that there is going to be a quick solution oh, or there's quick no, no, reconciliation. If, if yeah. they do that quick, like it's going to be way, it's not going to feel right. And I mean, no, I mean, it's so, it's, it's just like, it's so, <laughs> I hate that the writers like are constantly making Fitzsimmons and suffer because well it makes it more I mean, interesting let's be I honest I it does they, make it more interesting I mean, but it's just like it, I feel so I bad think at for some both point, of them because at some point it's just let them be happy for five minutes already yeah please well, well you know when they're gonna be happy <laughs> why get them together and, well, well, and only break them apart I mean, I mean let's be honest here. it's kind of like a Bobby and Hunter thing you know when Bobby and Hunter are gonna be happy or when they got to be happy they left the show well I mean we don't know they that. might be coming back because there's rumors that but, I saw that but from, what we, set, but, so. but from what we saw, guys, like in the framework, it was yeah. But from what we saw, for the last time we saw Bobby and Hunter, that's the happiest they've been since we've seen. They them. were content. They yes. were resigned. They were resigned to what was happening to them, and they were like, you know what? We'll just make the best of this. We've got to go on the run. We've got to have a new identities, but we'll be together, kind of thing. But yeah. they were fairly, you know. I think that they're happiest when they're fighting. Yeah, yeah. because and, that's when passion comes. Yeah, yeah. And, and what I, I was saying earlier about vibing with Fitz is. And I'm not gonna go too deep into this. Like in my younger years, I worked. I worked in like a community college for a theater. I started out sweeping floors. I mean, I'm not gonna go into too, too too many details of how I moved up. But within six months, people that were laughing at me, like saying terse comments to, to me, were coming up to me and t- asking me about questions about comedy and how do I do this. 
when you move, when you jump the line that quick, the male ego just like like eats that eats that up like ants eating up leftovers at a picnic. Like, and that's and that's why Fitz is acting the way he is. Like, from being like number like fifty six to number one in a matter of like seconds in in his like conscious mind. That's not something that you would would want to necessarily let go. But very much an Anakin Skywalker thing. It's not yeah. you can't just touch power and you'll be okay. You touch power and say, I want more. I want more. I want more. I mean, that's that's why the that's why the last scene with Daisy was so horrifying was because he just had this look on his face that was just like full out maniac and I was just Yeah. Like, it, like like Ming Na and Ian's I don't know how they do it, but they're just they're scary when they want to be scary. Especially Ming Na. Ming Na has yeah. like those ice cold eyes and uh, Nikki's absolutely right and I think you're right too, as well, James. We're gonna get bits back if we get another season. But No, just, we're gonna get him back this season. It's just Well no, I, well no, let me finish. We're gonna get Gemma and Fitz back to we're gonna get them both back. But it's gonna be kind of like a Buffy and Angel kind of thing. It's not gonna be okay. We're we're back, but we can't have the relationship that we once had anymore after what we've been through and what we've both mm. seen. Mm. Well, I yeah. ju- I read an article just yesterday that says our chance for renewal are real good. So not okay. gonna doubt it. it, it I feel it, like it's like I feel like I feel like it's probably gonna be one more season. I would think, but if, we need if at least one more. more. We need at least well, they, one. At least one. At least yeah. one. At the first panel they ever did for Agents of Shield before the show started, they said they had all the storyline clouded through season five. And it really yeah. did. I, I doubted you when you said that a couple months ago, Nikki, but now watching this season, it really does feel like there is more to to this story than just this season. And, right. Uh, yeah. And that's why I at least want one more year. Do I want more than one more? Of course. But I really want this series rounded out, and I don't want it to be like what they like what the CW's done with Supernatural. Which, really, yeah, so I think we're going to be okay. And I, um, my thought is like, just to do one last little thing before we move on. Um, I hope that, uh, like there was apparently, um, the article I saw that, that apparently Nick Wood and the Darkhold were both set on, on set. So I wonder if like, um, we're going to get an episode here coming up soon where we actually jump outside the framework and we see what Yo-Yo is doing to try and bring down Ada outside the framework. Yeah, and because I, I was if... thinking about that just today. What is actually happening in reality while yeah, in the framework? Really? I think that, I think we're going to need at least one or two of those episodes to kind of give us, um, Especially because they kept it, they had the Russians so prominently at the end of the. Well, yeah, and Radcliffe and Radcliffe told and Radcliffe told Gemma where they actually all are in reality. So So we're gonna have to get something from. I feel like it would be make a lot of sense if they had if they called Bobby and Hunter back in to be backup because I don't think Yo Yo and the red shirts can uh, (laughs) um, take down Ada by themselves. One one last thing. One last thing before we go. One last thing before we go to the feedback. What did we all think of? Um, Daisy being the voiceover person now, that she's really now the leader. Now that Coulson's now kind of in kind of a minimized role for the time being. What did we all think of Daisy doing the previously on Agents of Shield? She's a Clark Ring that does that stuff. I love it. I think it's cool. It makes a lot of sense. It makes sense for the story, yeah. But that, that's something that really just stood out to me because Correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's always Clark that does the we'll return in a moment. It's also always Clark. Yeah. Yeah. But feedback time, everyone. 
Oh, no, he's we have to give up the shawarma. Oh, yeah, shawarma, sorry. Mm-hmm. My, my nominee is Ian DeCastaker. <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna, I feel like I'm going to go with Ian, too, although I have to say an honorable mention for um, uh, Mallory and Henry. Yeah. yeah. Mallory, Henry, Henry too, because, like, I, mean, I feel like Mac's storyline got really swept aside by the fact that there was such a momentous thing with Fitz, but Mac and Henry, like, they did a, like, the, the combined, that uh, little story was really important and really yeah. uh, strong, too. I, I, have to, I have to go with James, either Mac or, Mac or, um, I have to agree with both Nikki and James. I have to go with either Mac or Mac or Fitz because both both gave dramatically different performances. I think, unfortunately, I think Max was a little bit swept under the rug. But once again, Henry Simmons can convey heart wrenching pain better than anybody on the series. No, Jeffy. <laughs> oh, yes, Jeffy. I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like his role is probably going to come back later because he didn't really have much to do this episode. But but it was good yeah. to see him back. All right, Jeff. Uh, all right, I'll go with Ian, but I still like. Oh, I trust me, Jeffy was Jeffy was on my list too. But there really, there really wasn't a bad performance other than maybe Daisy. But again, that was just due. Daisy's was just due to the, the lack of time more than anything. And also, like she didn't really have a lot going on in this episode. But she did. Yeah. Like she, she had a fight scene, but it wasn't like her. Her like again, a lot of stuff was swept up, swept aside by that last moment. It was just like disturbing fight scene too, especially when everybody's kicking her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, and, like, I chose. <coughs> excuse me, I chose Ian because of subtleties of performance. <coughs> Sorry. Yeah. And also, like, he has, he's, he shows so much range in, like, so few seconds with, it's just, ah, it's such a, he's so good. I know. So, are we all agreed, Ian DeCastaker for Shawarma? Yeah. Ian. I mean, tag, uh, j- tag Liz because she probably sees him so she can tell him if anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. By the way, got a Shawarma. But, 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 uh, but, like James said, who knew, like, the cute little Leo Fist from season one would turn into this guy? Could be the best actor of the show. Yeah. Well, from like really awkward curly hair guy to this really cold Arnim Zola esque Hydra agent. Just, uh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. But yeah, Ian wins the Shawarma Award for sure. In this disturbing episode of Agents of Shield. Um, <laughs> disturbing is a good word. Yeah. Yes. A feedback time. Lady and gentlemen. Yep. Well, has Nikki posted the tweet yet? I don't have any of Erin. Uh, she didn't send me a whole thing, so there's an email. Oh, we did get an email, though. Yeah. Um, I also tried to look up. Uh, I also uh, liked a few tweets on Twitter, but I didn't think I, anyone like replied to, responded to my uh, call for feedback. So. Okay. Yeah. People. But we'll go. We'll do Morgan's email because Morgan's awesome. Yes. So. Um, Hey guys, well, my heart is sufficiently broken, but more on that later. <laughs> um, Clueless Conspiracy Colson is the cutest version of I love, version of him. I love this. <laughs> the soap thing I've been laughing all over is we're talking about having a lot of Candace very Colson and it's very really fantastic. No, I want to uh, go get blue soap now. Yep. Yeah. And, um, uh, I love seeing that Ward's back in his capacity acting like early season one Ward. I also love every time Gemini would decide to give him back his loyalty. She understands that this Ward's computer program, but she'll never get over it, get over it, and I kind of love that. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is that I have to, I do love that uh, Brett managed to like play Grant as a little bit more of a leader than he ever got to here because he kind of is the guy who has to be in charge because none of the, because uh, I mean, Jem is not really like a field leader and Colson is obviously Colson right now. Yeah, and, and, Je- um, and Jeffy doesn't really trust any of them, like his non show yeah. people. But, oh, uh, but I, I, I didn't like that Ward had his like evil mustache and goatee, but I understand why they did it to make sure that the audience is. Uneasy, uneasy around Ward. Yeah. To and, make um, sure, yeah. And also, I think he's hotter that way. That's just me. Yeah. James, <laughs> and, 
Do you want to share a little bit more, James? <laughs> I just love Grant Ward, okay? Shut up. I'll get you an I Heart Ward t-shirt. <laughs> okay, I would wear it, actually. But, um, <laughs> but uh, going on. Um, Mace is back in the Living That Rebel Alliance shield, but <laughs> um, I every time the show makes a Star Wars reference, and it looked very Star Wars and very First Order when Madame Hydra ate in Framework Face what's that? That ship on Red Griffin. I mean, yeah, like I said, Melly Jansen has a power walk. That's, and that's shut really... and shut up, Radcliffe. Go on drinking your Mai Tais. There's worse, there's worse prisons in the world. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that is, that is his big complaint: drinking Mai Tais with a beautiful woman on a beach every day, and no, and no possibility of getting skin cancer at all. Please. <laughs> but I mean, he probably she probably doesn't want to even doesn't even want to touch him though. Like, but she no, doesn't remember anything from what she was before. I don't know. It's, it's yeah, whatever. Yeah, but um, still, there's worse prison. Mac is wonderful, and I love getting to see him with his daughter. Fucking Hydra, though, they ruin everything. Ugh. I heard folk when they made them trick Daisy, and then even more when she, when she he said hail Hydra, but then she and yet said he wants to for help shield Yas. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's actually awesome. Like, I'm glad that it wasn't that hard for Mac to come over to the good guys, because I think he's, uh, I think Mac has always been a strongly moral person, and I'm glad that, like, he doesn't, he's not a bad version of himself in this, because, yeah. And I like how he, like, Mac almost looked like he was about to throw up when he said Hell Hydra. Like, yeah. And also, can we mention real quick that scene that, where, like, they're getting lined up by the Hydra agents, and it felt so World War II, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Nazi Germany, like, that was... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it's no accident, like, they're going, yeah, they're no, going for that, accident. like, that kind of aesthetic, but yeah, it is very disturbing to see that because it's a very painful reminder of history. And also what could potentially be the future. Yeah, Hint. unfortunately. Um, uh, I think this is pretty obvious, but seeing and seeing I'm very open about the fact that this is my favorite character. I hate what Ada has done to him. Oh my god. Don't call her <laughs> that. It feels like she's just constantly programming him and wants him to do and be in here to feed her own fantasy. <laughs> Across the universe for you. I mean, I can't even. She knows the real fits cross multiverses for Gemma and now she's twisting it. <laughs> yeah, that, that broke me too. Like, ooh. This is, uh, and the sad thing is, Fitz means it too, which is also the scary thing. <laughs> it's GT- just creepy how infatuated she is with him. Yeah. Well, and how and how much like he reciprocates it to her, and just like, mm. yeah. But um, and then uh, <laughs> Aaron goes on, GTFO, Robo bitch, GTFO. I literally yelled, "You're a fucking robot at the TV when she said everything she does when she and Fitz can be together." <laughs> Oh, Morgan, you're awesome. <laughs> you're not alone uh, in your feelings, Morgan. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I understand where Ada's coming from. I really do, but, um, like, she's really taken this way too far, and it's unfortunate because I feel like, I understand, I also really feel bad for Radcliffe, too, because it's obvious that he was coming from a good place, but he doesn't understand that, um, human beings have this little thing called free will, and we don't like the, having that taken away from us. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but in, ter- but in terms of logic, free will is stupid. Logically, free will, free will is stupid because you do more stuff with free will than you w- wouldn't if you didn't have it. I understand why you have it. And th- that's kind of the thing with, I mean, like, like, Madame Hydra is like more subtle. Like, yeah. like, especially the way she's she's talking to Radcliffe in the framework. Like, it sounds exactly like Rad uh, Ultron talked to Tony. Yeah, like I, I, or or like a really angry daughter yelling at her dad. Cause, <laughs> like, cause, cause, I mean, that's how Ultron sounded to Tony. Was a really angry, angsty son. So. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and you understand where Madame Hydra is coming from. Doesn't make her right, but you completely understand why she feels the way she does, even though. She 
technically she doesn't feel. Uh, yeah, it's, mm, I'm wrong. Yeah, I just, I also find it weird that she chose the name Ophelia of all the names. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, anyone else, did anyone else notice that, by the way? Because I feel like that was something that was kind of missed by a lot of people, is that she chose the name Ophelia. Yeah. So, like, very, very subtle thing, very much a Whedon-esque thing to do, pick a name like that. Yep. Um, okay, so Radcliffe. Interesting that Ada's allowed him to remain conscious of the real world, she hasn't reprogrammed, and at least he was trying to be helpful in giving location of one's real bodies in the real world. Yeah, I just need to find a way out. Looks like that that could be, be happening anytime soon. Um, <laughs> um, also, I skipped a paragraph, actually. And also, I called Ada's rebuild feelings for Fitz early in the season. This is this. I hate that I was right. It's just so ew. <laughs> yeah. it, is, it is brilliant how they wrote the the relationship between Fitz and Ada, though, from him awkwardly seeing her naked to where they were now. Such a brilliant, such a brilliant storyline. Yeah. From where and, it started um, to know where it is, though. Yeah. And I wonder, like, um, I do wonder... Well, yeah, I feel like Ward could have just shot Fitz in the arm at any given point in the episode. I was like, just shoot him in the arm, you'll figure it'll fit, it'll work, but yeah. obviously didn't But Gemma doesn't really trust Ward, so that's probably why she told him not to. Well, I mean, she obviously, I know why she told him not to shoot, but he could have just shot him in the arm and it would have been, she probably would have got over that, but. But you know. Anyway, anyway, Gemma's speech to Ward about Fitz. I want to give her the Schwarmer Award again this week, OMG. They love his strong capital letters. But Nancy and Fitz are both going to be so messed up when they get out that kind of framework. Uh, yeah. yeah. I cannot believe Ada made Fitz kill Agnes. My heart is broken. I can't, he's definitely going to be the hardest one to snap out of it. Maybe it has her hooks in too deep. I can't really believe so badly you saw Jim and he did snap back. Like, I mean, you could tell it was on his face. Like, if he was not, you could, it wouldn't have looked baby face, it's sad face. So, um, but, uh, yeah. And now it's just a part, playing a part to throw off Ada, but I don't think he'd be able to live with himself in the real world if he was himself and making decisions, framework, fits the torture, both Radcliffe and Daisy. Yep. I was actually, I was actually really, I was really stunned that, like, it was actually Radcliffe, Radcliffe was actually being tortured. I was like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> Let's face it, he's, he at least deserved to be punched at least a couple times for yeah, the last not, two seasons. Not tortured, of course, but the fact that no one's, like, touched this guy to, up until this point is very shocking. Yeah. Shocking yeah. I read the preview for next week, but general, where General never go up on fists, and what, 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 how cool would it be a certain version of me as an inhuman? Oh, okay, cannot wait until next week, Morgan. But Thank you, with, Morgan. Well, actually, we'll talk about that. Thanks, Morgan. Way, so. Thank Morgan. you, Morgan, as always. <laughs> <coughs> so, if you'd like to send in your feedback on the episodes of Agent of Shield, you can email us at acrossairwaves.gmail.com or you can us at acrossairwaves on Twitter. Now, if you're not sticking around for spoilers, let's roll that pre-recorded closing. Get at our Across the Airways podcast network website, acrossairwaves.com. Again, that's acrossairwaves.com. You can check out all of our podcast shows available as their own individual program in the iTunes store, okay, Google Play store. Guys, for the podcast shows, Color Network, we have the DC Nation podcast located at dcnation.acrossairwaves.com. Again, that's dcnation.acrosstheairways.com which reviews popular DC Comics related TV shows and movies. There's also the Marvelverse Podcast located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairways.com which reviews Marvel comics related TV shows and movies. And we also have Thronescast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website thronescast.acrosstheairways.com Again, that's thronescast.acrosstheairways.com In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheairwaves.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core 
Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more, including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory, got The Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, and the Marvelverse podcast, got the mixed radio station, Code by Jack Michael, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the podcast box app. And if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace. Got the Windows Marketplace. Got a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. Guys, for how you can contact us to give your own listener feedback, got the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairways.gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways.gmail.com. Comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter. Got Across Airways. There's those vibes. It's just Across Airways. Join our circle. Got Google Plus. Go leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-336. Also, when sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Get this subject line. If you are sending us listener feedback you want us to call the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies and television events. Go along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Con, and it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. Okay, so for our other podcast hosts, Nico Reifsack, Michael J. Petty, I'm Nikki Amy. Something playing in the background, sorry. My, I got a text. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like how um, Harold did. I'm, I'm Nikki Amy. I'm James Hanifel. I'm, I'm Whiskey, but apparently, uh, view hello, according to Nikki's text message. <laughs> Rohan is calling. Yes. And I'm Steve Nostro, and I will not touch the blue so. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that back around, Steve. <laughs> no, don't, don't change my Steve, please. <clears throat> and until our next episode, we'll catch you the Marvelers. R&D has a new weapon. One dose, you will have the Patriot begging for his life. This is my home. I'm not going to let you destroy it. How do you know you're not the one waking up to reality? Because the man I love would never execute someone in cold blood. Someone's been juicing. Unless, of course, you're one of us now. New Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next Tuesday, 10, 9 Central, BBC. Okay, so what you just heard was the audio for the preview of next week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. titled No Regrets. Which is a very chilling name of the episode after what happened this week. Yeah. Um, the truth behind Pitts' turn could bring down all of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, great. That is the only... <laughs> That is the only description I found on multiple sites. So that is the so, only description they've released so far. And I but, see. But we did get a um, cool like uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffy, um, like Jason Omar, just like a badass face of the thumbnail for the uh, video, which is kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and apparently Hydra's Hydra's trying trying to take down the director, which I don't I don't know if that serves even going to work because again, this isn't a real world. And technically, technically, like I mean, we didn't even. See Jeffrey Mace even use his powers or do anything physical one time during the last episode. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to try to do to take down the director of Shield. I wonder if he actually is inhuman because I wonder if they actually like if Ada kept that detail the same in this world where he's actually faking it because something that he said in the video or in the preview sounded like he actually was faking it here too because it's just like so someone's been juicing you just like you're one of us now. I wonder if he's referring to like the 
serum being a part of it or just well yeah, yeah. because it, like there's a question of it, would teratin mist even work in this framework because it's not real teratin mist but is they a, say that there there are hot there so obviously yeah. i mean there's obviously some form of teratin it's just a question of i think the, the framework programming writing it in i'm, I'm just saying we haven't seen anybody use any powers no, we haven't. Of any kind. so that's I mean, one so it's, that's, al it's always possible that someone else in the framework could end up with inhuman powers that we're not expecting well <laughs> so yeah because because we don't really know what the rules are in terms of powers. Remember, Terrigen yeah. Mist is like it technically affects the physical body, not the mind. So, right. if if Ada allowed these people could fly and have all kinds of powers, but since yeah. but since she's restricting that thing, like it's yeah. like like it's pretty much a very lopsided playing field for Hydra and Agels. Hydra versus. Yep. But I mean, that's what that's the best. Uh, that's what Shield's good at is taking the is uh shifting the odds. So yeah, and I have a I have a feel like that we're not going to have much plot like moving the story forward even though we only have a couple more episodes to go this is going to be a bridge to the to the last couple episodes of the season i'm just I think, it. yeah i think this is going to be like one of those this is going to be an episode just to see um just to start getting the clash started but it's not actually going to be anything that's kind of like the boat was before kind of like the boat was before um Everybody, everybody got rushed into the framework, like, like the end of that one episode where Fitz and Simmons realized that everybody was like an LMD. It's gonna be yeah. one of those kind of episodes. I think, I think I agree. Yeah, just not a lot of story, but it just um a lot of action and just a lot of setup. Because so. we got a lot of story these last two episodes. To be fair, oh yeah, we got a lot of it. So we need, we need a lull. We need as much of a lull of an episode as possible. And I think that's why they loaded so much action into into that trailer just because we've had so much exposition setting up the world and what are we going to do? Who's able? Who's not? How do we get everybody back? Right. What were you going to say, Steve? I thought you were going to say something there. No, I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Nikki, you got anything? I just want to get out of the framework. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I feel like the episode after this coming one is going to be the one where we kind of jump out, maybe. So. Yeah, I, I hope so because one of the things that they... They, they didn't mention, I think, on purpose, is the fact that if you take down a, if you take down Madame Hydra, you essentially destroy the framework with you inside it. So maybe that's not the best thing. To do. Well, I feel like this framework is going to su would survive even without um, Ada in it. It's just a question. That, it's like removing a virus from a program. Like it's going to still work. It's just going to be different. Yeah, but what's going to so. happen if somebody actually does kill Ada with everybody's on side? Yeah. Does the does the world basically crumble around inside you if Ada? like the hard drive let's say for argument's sake she's like the hard drive of the system if the hard drive goes with his consciousness and still inside like what does everybody do for I think they don't wake up, but yeah. Well, I guess the other one they asked, I wonder, is like, I feel like there's going to have to be someone who gets out at some point to say it, um, to let us know, let the people on the outside know what's going on. But I, um, well, yeah. the question is going to be who. Well, yes, and, it, uh, it, it has to be, it has to be, Gemma, it has to be one of the two. Yeah, it's the, to go out and save the bodies in case they right. interested to kill them. Right, so it has to be Daisy or Gemma that they have to, uh, um, I think it would be more interesting. I think it would be more interesting. If Daisy got out and then they don't, yeah. then, yeah. then it's all, 
and then it all falls on Jimmy's shoulders. Because right. Daisy could handle herself inside the framework. It'd be much more interesting to see if Jim was the one left behind. Yeah. Did you? And also, um, uh, I think um, that like it's going to be interesting, especially if she's stuck there next to uh, Grant, because like I feel like that's actually one of the most interesting dynamics in this part of the season is like having Gemma and Grant have a uh, battles of the words. Because I think um, it. I know I harp on Grant a lot, but I feel like if he does end up out of the framework, I feel like it'd be more interesting if he doesn't actually um, get with Daisy again, because that I think is come and gone. And I think it'd be interesting to have him become more of an independent person away from just Shield and maybe like find someone maybe in real life who he can't actually express that he's a robot very, right off the beginning. I think that'd be a very interesting storyline to take him in even and be something different for Brett to do that might entice him to stick around. So. My viewpoint on that is that you either have Red Cliff or you have Fake Realm or you don't have both. Make it out of the place. Right, and I feel like they'd make more sense to get rid of Radcliffe. Yeah, because... Because, like, Radcliffe's story in Agents of Shield is pretty much wrapped up. I do agree with Nikki, though, that, like, it, like it's good to have work back for this, but I would not see him back. But, you know, like, they did, they did, they like, when they, when they kill them, um, Reyna in season two, I didn't expect to see that coming at all. I didn't think that was gonna work, but they made it work. But, yeah. But I, do miss, I still miss Ruth Yeah, but here's one thing I wanted to, I forgot to mention in the main show, and I want to mention it here really quick, is Jeremy, uh, uh, the people in the framework, the, the digital people and everybody that's not, um, Coulson, Daisy, and Gemma, are we gonna find out that this is all fake from the Shield side? I don't know. In the next Weird. episode? I mean, I wonder what they would even do if they found out this was fake, because I want, I, they're programs, but I feel like they're also semi-sentient, so... Well, yeah, they, they, they perceive this as real, especially... Right, so like... So maybe that's do? how Ward betrays everybody, and his interest to save himself, he basically wants to save the world just so that he doesn't die, even though he's not even real. Right, yeah. it's, I don't know. It's gonna be, it's gonna be interesting to watch all of this unfold, because I still have no idea where it's going. Yeah, and <laughs> I, and I'm with all of you guys. We need an episode where we're out of the framework. Because that's a, a big question of mine. What has everybody been doing while everybody's been in there? What has the world been like? Yep, so. Okay. Any, any last things, I guess? No, I think we are ready to sign off. Okay, we'll see you guys next week. Excelsior! Get at our Across the Airways podcast, network website, acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways.com. You can check out all of our podcast shows, available as their own individual program, get the iTunes Store, get Google Play Store. Guys, for the podcast shows, color network, we have the DC Nation podcast, located at dcnation.acrosstheairways.com. Again, that's dcnation.acrosstheairways.com, which reviews popular DC Comics-related TV shows, get movies. There's also the Marvelverse podcast, located at marvelversepodcast.acrosstheairways.com. That's marvelversepodcast.acrosstheirways.com, which reviews Marvel comic-related TV shows and movies. And we also have Throatscast, our podcast dedicated to reviewing episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, which is available at the website throatscast.acrosstheirways.com. Again, that's throatscast.acrosstheirways.com. In addition to these programs, you can listen to the original Across the Airways podcast, which is accessible at acrosstheirways.com, which reviews TV shows not related to superheroes, core Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, Doctor Who, Star Wars Rebels, Supernatural, and more. 
including sitcoms such as The Big Bang Theory, Cat the Muppets. Also, you can listen to Across the Airways, the DC Nation podcast, Thronescast, the Game of Thrones podcast, Cat the Marvelverse podcast, Cat the Mixed Radio Station, Code by Jack Michael, Stitcher Radio, or if you use Apple devices, download the podcast box app. Cat if you're on a Windows or Android device, you can download our apps from the Amazon Marketplace. Cat the Windows Marketplace, Cat a regular Windows or Windows Phone app. Cat for how you can contact us to give your own listeners feedback, Cat the TV shows we review, provide suggestions on how we can improve your podcast listening experience, or just want to say, do you like what we're doing? Email us at acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Again, that's acrosstheairways at gmail.com. Comments on our Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, got across airwaves. There's no line. It's just across airwaves. Join our circle, got Google Plus, or leave us a voicemail by calling 773-809-336. Again, it's 773-809-336. Also, when sending us an email, please mention which podcast show you're directing the message to. Get this subject line. Give you our sending us listener feedback you want us to. God, the air. I would also recommend that you check out our YouTube page, which features trailers for upcoming movies and television events. Along with this content, the ATA YouTube channel is a great source for panels from past Comic-Con. And it will be a great resource to find videos related to the Comic-Con taking place in San Diego this summer to go along with our Comic-Con special. So if you're not sticking around for spoilers, once again, for our ATA podcast host, Nico Reifstack, Michael J. Petty, I'm Nikki Amy. I'm James Safer, and I don't have the robot voice anymore. <laughs> I am Wes Kim, about to get a flying vibranium wheelchair. It's going to be fun. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Nostro. And until our next episode, we'll catch you all in the Marvelverse. We miss you, Dan. Welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. I need to find her and expose anyone who's helping her. Who is Radcliffe? He built the framework. He can help get us out. Going down? I'd cross the universe for you. There's no way out. Do you have him to help us escape? I'm afraid there is no escape from this place. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next Tuesday, 10, 9 Central, ABC. Okay, what you just heard was the audio for the preview of next week's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., or at least one of the previews, because I found two yes. that were totally different, titled Identity and Change. Which sounds like a, which sounds like an 80s, uh, or, or 90s, 1996, like, progressive rock band. <laughs> like, uh, like, on midnight on MTV, back when MTV showed music. Wow. Yep. They're opening up for No Doubt next, next season. <laughs> just, just, wow. what, what should we expect? Back from identity and change. As Daisy and Simmons struggle to discover an escape route to the real world, the identity and human leader of the resistance is revealed. And I'm actually interested in this because I feel like with Daisy's introduction to the um, framework, I feel like it's going to start bringing more references to her life into it. And I really hope that um, they either bring back uh, Jaying or Cal or both as like something that could potentially keep her there. Don't count but on think... Cal. Cal McLaughlin is not the easiest guy to get. It's possible. He, just, for a a couple, little... just for an episode or two, maybe. He's a little busy, right? No. He's always busy. Good for him. He's a good but, guy. Yeah. Um, the second preview, I found the one, I found two when I was looking, and the, this one was the one that we saw at the end of the episode, but there is another preview that is a whole theme and is considered a trailer. It's not, and it's with Mac right. waiting at a bus stop with a little girl. Uh, his, his little girl, his obviously. His little girl. Yeah. And it's oh. a whole, it, it's a whole, like, two minute scene. Because that's what, who we didn't see in the last episode. We right. did not see our beloved um, Mac. We also didn't see, we also didn't see Jeffy. Yes, we didn't see we Jeffy. Didn't see Jeffy. Yes. Maybe we saw him in the we saw him in the preview. Yeah, and, and he's probably he might be the leader, but he might not be because I feel like they just put him up put a lot of him in there to suggest that, but I feel like they're gonna throw something at us that we're not expecting. And, yeah, and, and in essence, the, like this episode and maybe uh, the deer, maybe yeah. the editor the deer. Yeah, this episode. 
but she could be, but she could be the leader of the resistance. To Nikki's point, but I think, um, I, I think, I think this, I think this episode and next week's episode could have really been a two-part episode if they wanted to make it that way. Because uh, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that when we see Coulson with like the bag on his head, like like that. That last scene of Daisy, and then we go into the next episode. That would really blend together. I wanted to mention something that people only saw on the the Hulu version of this ep- of last week's episode. The music for the end credits has changed. So like the they're, they're trying to like really get the tone of like this new like this new framework storyline to the T. Yeah, and it's um like you can also show that there's a distinct lack of music in this episode in terms of certain points where you would think there'd be music just to like. Like heighten the dramatic effect because it goes to show you how bleak this world is. Yeah, and I, and maybe that's why I felt so on edge when I watched this episode. Even the cinematography, the way it was shot, was felt cleaner, you know? cleaner, but it also felt like more clinical, more white, more more yeah. like washed out. Well, yeah, exactly. well, well, to use like uh, like walking into a Walmart. Well, well, like, oh my god! Well, well, it well, smells well, antiseptic. Well, well, and Nikki's gonna love this reference. I mean, th- that's the difference between like the first order. And the resistance in in Star Wars, the resistance has a lot of like earth tones, a lot of greens, a lot a lot of color of life. Where the First Order is very you know militaristic, grays, blacks, reds, very harsh, like dead colors. That's, that's the same thing we saw in the original trilogy as well. Is that yeah. there is because with evil it is black and white, whereas with good there's shades. Yeah, and that's why Life. all and that's why all of our Hydra agents are wearing blacks and grays and whites. Well, well, a lot because, of black, black and white, sorry. And the grays are incredibly dark, so it's not like you can say, well, they're shades. It's like, no, this is... Hydra's black and white. That's evil. Yeah. The, the Empire was black and white, except for, like, the Emperor's guards were red, but that was, I think, intimidation. Technique. Yeah, the color... Well, red is also the color of death, too. Yeah, and the Rebellion and the Resistance had the oranges and the greens and the... Browns. Browns and the blues. And the browns. And yeah. The, yeah, colors of life. And I think... And, and, and I didn't mention this in the episode but again it's a tried and true concept that that works in almost all fiction it's much more interesting when the bad is taken over and the, when the when the when the villains are many and the heroes are few it's a much more interesting story that way but I I really hope oh, oh. Steve yeah I'm gonna take off I'm, I'm starting to feel drained a little bit okay, okay. We're, yeah, we're probably okay. gonna wrap up anyway yeah. so I'll, talk, I'll talk to you soon okay alright right. bye Steve you on uh, Facebook okay mm-hmm. okay we'll see you right. on yeah. Hi, with, with that, with that, is there really anything else to cover for the spoilers? I think uh, I think that's it. We're we're getting Jeffy back, and we're gonna find out who the resistance is and who makes up the resistance. And I want this song to be in the in the show next week. Red, the blood of angry. Don't do that again either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. This is why I love you, Steve. Yes, Russell, okay. Russell Crowe will be in next week's episode. No, he won't. Oh, God, I wish. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh. Yes. Okay. 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 Right. okay. okay, guys, that's it for this week's episode of Marvel Wars Podcast. Excelsior.